My name is Andrew Damlin, back to serve you with more Honey Badgers backstories. It's a season of change. The Honey Badgers are the defending champions, but with it, they have moved to Brampton. They have hired their third head coach in franchise history, and we are with him today, straight out of Tampa, Florida. Long international career, long coaching pedigree as well, now coming up on a few years. He was with Cleveland as a player development staff, and he is with Brampton as their head coach. His name, Antoine Broxy. Antoine, how are you? I'm good, and you? I'm good, and you? Just enjoying this opportunity that, 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 that the Brampton Honey Badgers has given me, and enjoying Canadian weather. Yeah, it's actually nice. You, you know, got right? here at the perfect time. <laughs> I know, right? Because up until, I don't know, mid-April, it was getting... Dicey, so I'm glad you're getting. A, we give you a good first impression. Uh, you know, when we come and play the Raptors, it's almost like I'm. I'm uh, it's like winter is coming, right? <laughs> it's like it's like uh, what's the show called on HBO? Uh, the the you know um, Game of Thrones. Almost. Okay, <laughs> like, like going to Game of Thrones as cold as it is up here. But yeah, it's it's, it's beautiful here, man. It's, I love being here. All right, I'm glad. I'm glad you've that we've made a good first impression on you. And what I like to do is I like to kind of go along the journey as to how everybody got here because everyone who comes through, well, now Brampton before it was Hamilton. Obviously, it's not like the end destination right. in their minds, but everyone's had an incredible journey, and I love to tell the stories of those right. guys. So I want to. I wonder if you could take me back to Tampa, Florida. So, you're, born, you're born in 79. Yeah, born in 79. So I grew up in Tampa, Florida. Like it's crazy as. As it sounds, Tampa is a beautiful city now, but growing up, like, people, for some reason, didn't love going there, being there. But me, I've always felt like Tampa was a beautiful city, like, because we, we have the beach life. We have, you know, you know it's kind of like you have Tampa, St. Pete, uh, Clearwater, and you can go to the beach. You have a nice day at the beach. You can sit there, have a barbecue uh, in the park. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Um, I grew up there. Went to high school there, went to school Tampa Bay Tech, and um, I I was kind of a late bloomer in basketball. My senior year really blew up. I almost averaged like a triple double. Um, average had a game where I played, you know, played and I had 21 points, 20 rebounds, 20 blocks, and it kind of threw me over the top. Where you know now I have schools from all over the nation recruiting me. And, you know, I ended up going to University of Minnesota where I played with Joe Prezabella, Quincy Lewis, Sam Jacobson, you know. Can I, can I stop you right there? Before right. we go to Minnesota and Oklahoma, Oklahoma afterwards, right. Oklahoma State, if you take it back for, for Tampa just for one second, um, before, you, before you blow up with that 20, 20, and 20 line, can you take us like 14-year-old Antoine, like you're in Tampa, maybe like 21st and Holmes. I know there's a big park over there. Right. What's like checkup playground 14 year old Antoine Broxy like so so my, my my dad used to allow me to play every sport he made me play every sport my first sport was baseball second sport was football third sport was was basketball I picked up the basketball last 
Um, and I just fell in love with it. Like growing up in Tampa during that time, like we would go to different parks and just play. Like one of the things my dad did was give me a give me a bicycle, and you know I would go to different parks and just just play. Like I, one of my favorite one of my favorite moves that I used to do, like because at the time you know we didn't have internet, so our thing was you know. Uh, Saturday days with Ahmad Rashad, you know, when uh, NBA inside in, stuff, NBA inside stuff. We're right? about the same age. Yeah. <laughs> NBA inside stuff where I would learn like the Tim Hardaway UTEP two step or, you know, like I would learn, you know, some of the things that, you know, Carl Malone would do with this. And here's here's what's crazy. You guys love basketball. T-Mac played. I played against T-Mac in high school. Like we were in the same same district. We actually played against each other in um, in, in district championship my 11th grade year, which was which was actually pretty cool before he went to Mount Zion. But um, but yeah, like that was my 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 Saturdays. My Saturdays were spent outside, whatever sport it was. Like you know, if whatever season it was, if it was you know um, football season, we would get outside, play three on three. Uh, touch football on the street and tackle football on the grass. And it was baseball. Like, you know, I would, I would be because Detroit Tigers were my favorite team. Like, I love, I love Mickey Tettleton. I loved uh, Alan Trammell. Is he yeah, on that Alan team? Alan Trammell. I love <laughs> Sweet Lou Whitaker, Jack Morris, people like that. Like, uh, Sparky Anderson. Like Sparky I, Anderson, right? Cecil Fielder. You know, Cecil Fielder hit 50 home runs one year. Right for a Blue Jay too. Right. Yeah. So you know that. You know, I love watching baseball tonight. I, I watch that every every Sunday, every night. That was my thing. I, like before, before they stopped stopped doing it. But um, baseball tonight was my thing. I collected baseball cards, collected basketball cards, I collected football cards. That was my thing. I, I was I tried to see what I really, really loved and went with it. Um, but yeah, like that was my thing. I love I love watching the Blue Jays play. Well. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't like <laughs> when y'all won the World Series. Then was it? Yeah, was it? Was it in the nineties? Ninety two and ninety three. Yeah, yeah ninety two, ninety three. You won with Joe Carter in them, right? Right, right. So yeah, I was I was watching those games. I love baseball. Um, so you bring that you know that well rounded atmosphere, but you you discover your your biggest talent uh, at the end of high school, and right. it's clearly going to be basketball. Right. And I shot up. I shot up. I got tall. That I mean, isn't that so many guys' stories, right? right? They should. And so you head off to Minnesota, head off to, to Oklahoma State, and I was listening to an interview you did with, I think, an old coach of yours. His name's Scott Fields. Yeah, Scott Fields. So he mentioned, you, you mentioned, you were kind of taking notes on coaches even early on, right. and you had Eddie Sutton, very right. famous, right. hard-nosed head coach at Oklahoma State. And as you go along with Oklahoma State and through your international career that took you through eight countries, you, you learned along the way that certain coaches have a certain impact right. on you right and i'm not sure if you if, if i'm reading into things but with eddie sutton he taught you a lot of things but yeah. it wasn't the coach that you were going to become what no, no, no. right so what's like the the biggest best takeaways you take from that formative coaching experience having been coached in college so one of the things like people forget i was coached by clem haskins too he final four you know at minnesota he turned turn around the program you know from the 80s until you know the late 90s and he was really really instrumental in the way he was 
with players. Like one of the things that he really, really valued was was development. Like when I first got there, that's the first thing he did was wake me up at five o'clock in the morning and establish habits for me. Um, and that's one of the things I took from him. One of the things I took from Eddie was 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 also the fact that he was very, very big on putting players in in positions to help them be better. Like you take Tony Allen, like you take people like you know Marcus Smart and all the people like mm. that. Well, Marcus didn't play for him, but um, Oklahoma State uh, guy, yeah, yeah, he's an Oklahoma State guy. Which you know, um, we had Desmond Mason and and. Big country. You know? I love these throwbacks, by the yeah. way. This is exactly where I live, but keep it keep going. <laughs> big country, big country. Of course, Vancouver guy, you know, first first pick of, of the Grizz, you know. So, like, like he, he really, really, he really, really instilled that. Because one thing about him, he was, he, was a, he was a creature of habit. And I always believe, like, whether it's on, on the court or off the court, like, habits, habits have to be met. Especially, especially if you want to be good at something, like you have to establish. And of course, like there's good habits and bad habits, but that's the one thing that that, that was very, very paramount in these coaches that, that I learned from. And so, you go along, and I imagine those habit, early habits were essential for you when you go along this 15-year international playing career. Just going through the countries, Colombia, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Arabia, China, Cyprus, Japan, Venezuela, Indonesia, Taiwan, Iran. You all played there. I know you speak Spanish, so you had some help when you were in South America. But were you? Is, is there a time, and maybe there are multiple times, when you can remember on this long journey, you're in some random road arena, whether it's where, whichever country you like, and you're like, do you ever look around? Maybe it's pregame, and you're like, what am I doing? doing here so no i never so my whole thing was you know people people have this dream about playing overseas i mean not playing playing in the nba i've always had that dream but then my dream changed when i didn't make the nba my dream changed of i just want to play basketball that was my dream i just wanted to clean skinny play basketball and my thing was as long as i'm playing basketball i'm happy as long as i'm around basketball i'm happy that was my thing like i really really love this game and I really really love the way it changes people's lives and it, like that was the thing that I wanted to emphasize here like you know like just because you didn't make the NBA doesn't mean you're not a success like your success falls in the fact that you're doing something that makes you happy on a day-to-day basis and I'm trying to make these young men understand that like you're working for, towards something and at the end of the day if you're able to 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 feed your family and go to sleep at night and you're going to sleep happy with the, with, with the work that you put in, like that's, that, that's a win for you and a win for everybody that's around you. And you, yeah, you take on this, you seem to have taken this responsibility to heart. You mentioned in that, in that interview with Coach Fields that you could change someone's life with, an advi- with, with advice from a coach. And, you know, I cover the Raptors 905 mm-hmm. and I talk to players who and all the representative five coaches have gone on mm-hmm. to become you know lead assistants or, right. or front row assistants with NBA teams. Mm-hmm. They talk about holding players accountable, right? And how much they appreciate that they're being held accountable. You've coached now at the G League level, and uh, you were with your player development now with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Does it get at all any harder to find that accountability balance? 
the higher the level of play that you're coaching? Actually, no, it doesn't. Like people, people have this thing where like it's just because a guy makes twenty million or thirty million dollars, they don't want to be told what's right or what's wrong. And I think, I think, I think you have to establish yourself with these players that you actually really, really care, and you really, really care about their success. And that comes, you know, away from the sacrifice of of you trying to be something for yourself and elevate yourself because again coaching is uh, it's all about sacrifice you're sacrificing your 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 success for the player's success and when the players know that they know that your your message is coming from a good place i believe that and i and i and i'll always stand on that i always stand on the fact that if you tell a player and and he see because the players watch every freaking thing like when you were when i was a player i knew what coach was full of full of crap and i knew what what um what coaches actually genuinely love this thing and didn't and like didn't care cared about the players more than they cared about you know what you know what their 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 success because again our our success falls in the player success so my thing is like if you're gonna if you're gonna tell the players right make sure you're consistent in what you're doing on a day-to-day basis for me i wake up every day and i'm the same man every day and that's the habit that I'm that 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 I've that I've. I mean, my dad was that way. He was a patient man, and he taught me patience. My mom was, mom tried to make sure I had education, and they they were really really instrumental in that. But like like I said, like players put pay attention to all of that. And my thing was, make sure that they know that you actually care about them, and it's genuine, right? And. As an example, I think you know, you've worked with Jared Allen right. closely, and it seemed like you know, like you said uh, in the interview with Coach Fields, like he makes a hundred million approximately over the course of his contract, and you're trying to motivate him to get to this next two hundred million dollar contract. We talk about, <laughs> and he was, and what you said was he seemed kind of like in disbelief a little bit. Right. Like, really, like, I could do that. It's this level of self doubt that perhaps. Right. He seems to, right. to to still have, and, and maybe in this first round playoff run was a right. difficult pill. I'm sure, like right. all these building blocks. With I'm sure you're right. supposed to you're, you're working with uh, Allen about that. Right. So so what, I mean, Allen. You know, you got you got D, Darius, Darius Garland. You got Isaac Okor. You got all these all these guys that that you know experience is experience, right? You, you you can you can you can sit there and you can tell them that what's coming, but until they actually be a part of what's coming they really don't know until they actually live it right and that's the thing about you know maturity and maturation and and things that 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 we call you know experience and like you take Jared like Jared is an amazing amazing uh, human being and and, in a way that he has a self-belief about himself but the way the way he is like he's a sponge if you tell him hey like, like like you have to go from again back to what I was saying from a care point of view. Like when I first got there, we we connect because he realized that I really really cared. I cared about his his development. And again, like I don't never get down on him. I get I I always do you get to get on him. I get on him all the time. He knows it. Like, nah, we're not gonna do that today, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> and then one thing about Jared, like. <laughs> We have to find a middle ground, and I say, "Hey, you know, you give me this, you can do that." <laughs> he said, "Proxy, you figured it out." <laughs> he said, "Okay." So, he, and the thing about it, he goes hard with anything that we give him. So, 
like Jared and you talk about Darius, they're, they, they're, they're, they're Darius and, you know, Lamar and, you know, Isaac and all of these people that, that I mean, um, we call them 45, Donovan Mitchell, but um, <laughs> call them 4-5, but people like Donovan, they're, they're like, they're just a, a joy to coach on a day-to-day basis. Like coming in, coming into Cleveland, because again, like Cleveland gets cold. It's hard. It's hard to actually go outside and enjoy your days during the winter. So you have to create an environment that that allows players to come in and enjoy practice and enjoy being there. And I think that's what Kobe and JB has done over the years. And that, that's that's the great thing about being in Cleveland. Like you enjoy going to work, and I try to make that joyful here. And from an outsider's perspective, like Cleveland looked like a really fun place to play this season. Right. A young, right. young core right. just trying to figure itself out. Had an incredible regular season right. and a good lesson in the in the in the uh, in the postseason and right. so much like you know, Donovan's what, twenty six at this yeah, stage right now, so, so there's young. there's plenty of room to grow. Right. And speaking of growth you're taking on your first head coaching position. Right. You're over here with Branson. You, I know you worked with uh, GM Jermaine Anderson over in Shanghai, and that was mm-hmm. the kind of the connection that got right. you over here. Your first week as a head coach has just gone by in training camp. What, what have, what, what's been like the biggest eye opener from that head coach? You know, you, you've you've been a mentee under JB Bickerstaff, but you've never held that seat. Yeah, what's been yeah. the biggest eye opener so far? The biggest eye opener here is the fact that these guys. These guys actually, actually, actually like they 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 play with with so much so much passion. Like it it's I almost forgot how how much FIBA, the FIBA game is. Like, Cause you know in the NBA like there's there's this there's there's the ups and downs of an NBA game where you find because again that's there's a long game so you can, like it's hard for a guy to play play with reckless abandon for 38 minutes you know 82 games yes for 82 <laughs> games so you're gonna have a have a a dip it might won't be a short dip but it's gonna be but here like you almost never have a dip like i practiced them two hours and my, my, i didn't want to go two hours in there just like okay we're good with it like and they're just boom 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 going down down up and down. i'm like okay because I honestly I haven't had a bad day yet since since I've been here. Like we haven't had a bad day. Like the players overall hadn't had a bad day since I since we started practicing. And that's that's an amazing, amazing thing. Like we haven't had a dip at all. Well, hopefully that upward trajectory continues because right now we're at the last day of training camp. Tomorrow right. is gonna be yeah. the, the opening of the regular season. Right. Is it like so, you've had a week of practice. A week of practice, and, I, and I'm wondering, in your coaching experience, have you ever found a correlation between like we had a great practice and then a great game, or or is there no relationship there yeah, actually, at all? So, 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 like, yes. So, my my thing is like, when you establish the way we're gonna play, like you're gonna play that way, right? But the, what happens is sometimes shooting may not. The shooting may not go. So you're going to look at it and say, oh, man, like we're playing bad. But really, if you look at it, we're playing hard. We're just not hitting shots. And I think that's what people people have have a misconception of, yeah, we have a hard practice, but it, it carries over. Yeah, my thing is, as long as you're playing hard on the defensive end, you're always going to be in the game, whether your shots fall or whatever. Like, 
I, and that's the that's the habits that I that I've tried to come in and establish with them. Because again, this is a championship team. There's not much that I have to have to really much do. Like Ryan did an amazing job to, to, for the past couple of years to establish this culture. And my thing is, I just looked out like I'm looking at the game film. I'm like, shoot, it's just. I mean, it, it, to be talk about the NBA being a copycat league, I'm shit. I'm just copycat Ryan. <laughs> And see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you got a lot of the core right. coming back. You got Christian Vital, Zane Waterman, Jeremiah Tillman, Kobe right. John from Cody John from two years ago. Right. I'm missing off the top of my head. Kobe uh, Kobe McEwen as well. Right. So you got a lot of guys coming back. You're making your head coaching debut tomorrow night. Right. Coach Broxy, I, I really appreciate the time today. I wish you the best of luck man, in your you so in your debut and the best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you, my man. Thank you so much. Thank you.